I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, we bring you our returning champion, Eddie Donaldson. Uh, if you listen to this show, you've heard Eddie co-host with me several times. And if you're new to the show, then welcome. Eddie is the founder of Gorilla One, which is, I would call, a street art consultancy. He's a big part of the reason that street art has the massive cultural impact that it does. He works with a, a number of artists uh, to help them with um, selling art, selling to corporations, etc. He works with corporate clients, making all of those cultural connections. Uh, and he's an old friend of mine, so I'm excited to have him. He's also the curator of the Love Los Angeles online art show coming up uh, soon. You're gonna wanna follow sugarpressart.com to find out more about that. Uh, features a lot of the artists that we've had on this show and, and many that we haven't. Um, Tristan Eaton, Saber, Taz, Risk, Esteban Oriol, Dave Navarro, AKA Life After Death, and many, many others. Uh, lots of great prints that I'm sure you're gonna wanna add to your collection. Check out sugarpressart.com for more info on that. In our interview, we talk a little bit about what's happening with street art during the pandemic. You know, some of the artists who are stepping up their game, raising the bar, et cetera, et cetera. We're also going to do our first ever replay of my favorite interview. Uh, sorry, my favorite story from the interview with Esteban Oriol. He told a story that I just love and it bears repeating. So we're going to repeat it. But let's get into the interview with Eddie Donaldson right now. Dude, this is nice, man. I appreciate you coming out, out all the way out west here. Thanks for having me. Uh, no, it's nice to do this. I've been doing this over Zoom, which is not fun. Yeah, Zoom's rough. 
but you know, in some ways, like this is we're we're kind of built for this. Yeah. Right. Like we we've been working in or without offices forever. Even when you have office, half your business gets done not in somewhere the office, else, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, we've been just I think flexible and mobile is like the whole name of the game. I think for us, the office is for other people to do the work, right? I mean, at least for me. I mean, I just have to have a space so other people can work and I can come in and make sure it's getting done and then I'm on the road or in my car. Yeah. I mean, most of my most valuable conversations happen in my my car. Exactly. Yeah, and I I think there's value in having a place for people to congregate, right? Whenever that needs to happen. Yeah. But we're not, you know, I think like corporate America is not there you know they're having a much harder time adapting right like and you know there's loneliness there's depression there's confusion there's you know how do i stay focused like that's the stuff we've been dealing with our whole lives the whole career yeah for sure so you know in some ways it's it's a it's a blessing to have that uh to have that background well you know one thing i think it does for like just me and using me and you as an example last time we went to a major studio right Mm. I'm all intimidated walking in. I'm seeing all these tchotchkes and these big, you know, movie posters. And it's like you get there and all of a sudden it's like you're looking up. Right. right. Sure. Now, like you said on the call, I think you said that um, it, it levels the playing field a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, but, everybody's at home with their kids and their dogs right. running through and all that. It, it's good. You know, I'm like we should uh, we should emerge into a better world after all this. Yeah. Who know, not without some some bruises. Yeah. Uh, and when I say we, you know, some more than others. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a fan of the technology aspect of everything. I'll be honest with you. The convenience sure. factor. You know, it's like I I, I think it's going to make everybody have to think a little bit more. Yeah. Because the playing field's a little more level, you know, and it might give them a little more respect for people who have been as gritty as we have been as long as we have. Sure. You know. At the same time, you know, the flip side of that, right, and you make your living or part of it in, in street art, uh, which by definition needs people out in the street yeah. to see it. Well, um, that part, yeah, that part. <laughs> and like, you know, we, you know, we've both, we've, we've worked in events and, you know, clubs and festivals and a lot of, you know, a lot of the stuff that we're used to is not happening right now. Well, ironically enough, Josh... Um, I'm getting a little bit more money per impressions on some of the things that we're doing. Okay. And there's a lot more real estate than there used to be because there's a whole lot of boarded up buildings and, you know, you'd be surprised that how the dynamic is, you know, like I'm getting a couple dollars more per poster and stencils right now and there's a lot more space, you know, and if you look at people lining up outside Prince Street Pizza on Sunset, you know, any given night at six o'clock, there's 20 people standing out there waiting to get some pizza. Sure. And that's my new audience now is, nice. you know, those guys, you know, like or Erwan, you know, Erwan's banging constantly. Yeah. Now a stencil outside Erwan's worth a little bit more than it used to be because mm. there was so much going on. And now there's so less going on that those target spots a little bit more key. Makes perfect sense. Um, so what's. So what is the business? What are you you working on these days? I mean, selling art primarily. Okay. 
which slowed down a lot in the last three months. I guess everybody's EDD money ran out. So was were people buying art? Oh yeah, last in the beginning year? of pandemic, I, really? it was bananas. Really, that, that's the only way I was able to to, to stay sustain. Was so people, you know, staying home and they're fixing up their houses, fixing up their houses. They're getting their EDDs or some of these. People who are working at these major studios are not home a lot, so they're right. kind of complete. They're they're okay with not finishing the project, and sure. you spend more. You spend ten hours a day in your living room on a, on on Zoom. You're like, wait, I want to put something on that spot. You right. Know? So I did really well, and then it nice. kind of slowed down. Um, but it's picking back up. I got a print release coming out on the seventh with the Love Los Angeles style show, and I, I kind of I took the time to. I'm 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 gonna level up a little bit when it comes to the game now, you know. Before it's like I'm playing ten games, so I'm like whoever can get involved in that game is cool because we're gonna win anyway. We're just not gonna win by twenty, right? Mm-hmm. Bad analogy, maybe a good one. Now I'm like, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it right. So okay. I got Tristan Eaton, I got Saber. Shout out to Tristan for getting me to turn the game up a notch because he definitely was like, nah, that's not gonna work during these times, you know. What do you, so what do you say? I was just, so he's like, so who else is in the drop? And I was like, I don't know, whoever I calls me today, you know, it's kind of like, I don't, that's how I curate, you know, because yeah. all my friends are, you know, or most of my friends are on that level. And he was like, nah, maybe you should use this time to really turn mm. it up a notch. So I got Saber, Tristan, Risky, Taz, David Flores, um, Esteban. Esteban Oriol, which was a big one for me because mm-hmm. we're doing his book cover for This Is Los Angeles. Nice. And I got Amanda Lynn, who's been a part of the crew forever, and Sess uh, from New York. Oh, okay. And, I mean, it's, you know, I probably wouldn't have done that if Tristan hadn't gave me that, like, call me when you got the list together and we'll talk about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's the show, which has 20 people in it, like Navarro's in it, uh, with dual diagnosis and with life after death. Luke Westman, a bunch of good people. But, you know, I'm taking this time when it comes to these things to really turn it up a notch because I have the time. I can kind of focus. You know what? I just got a new bed and life is better. If I had one wish for everybody listening is that you get a good night's sleep. You know, it seems like so much of the world is out of control these days. Uh, I know for myself, I handle it better when I'm rested. So I'm excited to talk to you about Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep has an online quiz that takes just two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress just for you. You're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. I took the quiz with my wife and uh, it's weird. Uh, We both sleep the same way, which is pretty cool. We both sleep on our side and we like the medium firmness, whatever that means. Uh, So we got matched with the Helix Midnight Luxe. And it's the best mattress I've ever owned. I'm falling asleep right away. Next thing I know, it's morning and I've been sleeping through the night. It's great. So if you happen to be looking for a mattress, go on, take the quiz, order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't even need to go to a mattress store ever again. Just go to helixsleep.com slash rebelradio, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash rebelradio. Go check it out now. So how does, how does the drop work? Is it all? On the 7th, we're dropping prints by each artist. All online. 
all online. Okay. We're going to do, I'm doing, I am doing a pop-up with Estevan at Diamond Supply on the oh, 13th. Cool. Okay. When we'll do some limited merchandise, you know, collaborative merchandise available. He's going to sell some, sell and sign some books. And then we're going to hold some prints for that date so that people, if you buy it online, you can pick it up that day. Mm-hmm. Or you can buy a few available there and kind of either get them personalized or take your photo with Estevan. And what is the, uh, <clears throat> obviously art something that it's easy to buy online. But if I had a guess, I think most art people still go to art shows. And they want to see it. I don't think it's easy to sell art online. I really don't. I think the prints are one thing because it's not, you know, it's not as detailed sure. or as technical per se. Um, there's not as many layers involved. It's kind of, a, you know, but I, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of selling online. I'd love to get back to a place where we can show in person, you know, because, because, well, there's two, there's two pieces, right? There's one, you're only going to spend so much on something you haven't seen, which means someone like me who's earning commissions only going to earn so much commission. Right. Um, and I like the way people's faces light up when they go, I love this piece and they stand there for 20 minutes and then they cop it, you know, yeah. there's, that's kind of like a win. Sure, you get paid, but the win is like when somebody falls in love with something on the wall and they're like, can I take it home tonight? You're like, no, you can't. They're like, please, no, you know, because they want it so bad versus it being kind of like a, 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 a line item or, or a bucket list piece, you know, oh, a print from Esteban. I, I need one. You know, it's a little different when it's sure. in person. Yeah. And I think there's the, um, you know, there's a reason that the bar is usually open. Yeah. There's uh, there's that communal, you know. I, I think like, I mean, I, I've definitely bought art at shows that I wasn't planning when I, I wasn't going there to spend money. Why did you? Because I think you get swept up in it and you, you know, you see other people enjoying it. You know, you, you're, you feel like you're part of a community. Can I tell you a secret? It's true. True story. Please. I've only bought two pieces of art at art shows. And okay. I've been in this business for 25 years. And both were exactly that. I got swept up and caught up in the moment. I bought a piece yeah. from Norm on Fairfax when he first opened the studio before it was known gallery because I was just so happy that he had it. And I, I saw how happy he was. And it was uh-huh. like I wanted to be one of the first people to actually kind of kick in, you know. And yeah. then I bought this piece. I can't even remember the kid's name, but it was this heavy metal rocker dude with a mohawk, like this little character. He actually has a show on Cartoon Network now, and it was. Ba- I bought it because of Heavy Grass. I was like, when we blow up, I'm gonna put this in the office. <laughs> We're still waiting to blow up, but um, but you got the piece. I got the piece. So when we do, and if we ever have an office that people I can come to, I'm gonna make sure we put it in there. But speaking of Heavy Grass, we are we are on the way back. We're coming out with the collaboration with Clown from Slipknot. Nice. I mean, I hope so. You know, me and you both know that those things don't always pan out to be what they're supposed to. Um, but you know, I'm excited. I think Slipknot has a pretty solid following. What do you, what do you think is the, um, is there, is there a formula? Is there a secret to, to these collaborations that make some work versus the ones that don't? Yeah. You got to really be about that life. Mm. You know, like you look at burner and Snoop Dogg just dropped some shit. And the first words out of Snoop's mouth was like, yo, when you get this we put our paws all over it we give it to our friends it's like real you know because that's what he's doing he's probably blazing right now you feel me sure but so if you're just trying to like capitalize off the name of your band which i'm not naming any names but we both have been involved in a lot of situations where you could be the biggest band in the world but if it's not you're not about that life 
your consumer doesn't necessarily sure a portion of your your audience is but if you're about that life it'll work for you be real probably can't go wrong you know burner can't go wrong snoop can't go wrong but so um who of the artists that you you're watching that you work with that you you know have your eye on who's like using this time to step up tristan eden risky's doing pretty well right now like there's just no stopping them and is that just creating more is it like what 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 are they doing well, I mean, Tristan's just making a lot of the right moves and mm-hmm. aligning himself with a lot of right, the right people, you know, which is kind of what he told me to do with my thing. I think Kelly just has the means and the facility to create more work, which has him becoming a little bit more creative because as you make more work, you have to do di- you have to do things a little bit differently sure. every time or, you know, you kind of got to branch off into different areas. But Kelly's doing really, really well. You know, he's put a great team together. And he's just constantly working. Like, it's a factory there now. Mm. You know, it's just like, um, you know, and that's probably. And that's, um, that's not commissions, right? That's like. Well, it's commissions and it's just work to make it and send okay. it out. But he's got a lot of hotels and a lot of different commercial places around across the country that are asking him to either come and do murals or create murals, speci- you know, create work specifically for them. Nice. There's a guy named Garen Swing that's doing a lot right now. Um who you might have known back in the day, but he was part of House of Pain in the beginning. Okay. Lived with Danny. He's a, he was an interior decorator and like a faux finisher for a while. And then I, when I had my gallery in Melrose, I was like, yo, come do a stencil. And he came and did a, he he did the opium den. He designed the opium den Mm -hmm. and a bunch of other bars that you would know, Mm -hmm. but he had a Ganesh stencil and I had a spiritual gallery. So I'm like, come put a Ganesh on the sidewalk. Next thing you know, now he's making art and he's doing, he's doing really well with it. You know, he's got Ian Schrager hiring him to do a bunch of really cool installations uh, globally, actually. Um, So he's taking advantage of it. I think anyone that's able to take this time and just focus that I know is really being able to get at it. Saber's doing a lot of great things right now. The seventh letter is, is, you know, Casey has been able to take this time and create a couple different outlets like pins and needles. Um, which we have a pen dropping with this month as well. Mm. If you don't know what it is, it's basically he makes lapel pins with everybody from MQ to GK to me and Jim. Nice. And, you know, they're easy turnkey things that you can buy for $25 and sells them all out, you know, and air fresheners and like just low budget stuff for the, mm-hmm. for the everyday guy. You know, like mm-hmm. Justin one day will be like, Dad, I want this pen. It's cool. And you'll grab it because it's it's not a huge investment, but it's a, definitely a piece of the core culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's working on some things out in the desert that are going to be pretty good in Joshua Tree. So I think a lot of people I know are, are taking this time to level up, you mm-hmm. know, because once we get out of this, you got to be ready to go. And you For can't sure. be doing what you were doing when we went into it. Because right. everybody's mindset is going to be a little bit different, I think. Are you seeing, um, obviously, a lot of the... A lot of the a lot of this world relies on brands to hire artists or commission work or, you know, commercial projects. Is that, um, is that happening? Do you see brands that are spending on art right I'm now? I'm not seeing the brands. I mean, I'm doing that thing with Diamond Supply with Estevan. Yeah. And they just did something with Big Sleeps. But I'm not, I think the, if you ask me, and I don't know this to be true, but it's my opinion and what I see, the brand and artist relationship has kind of changed since we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Sure, BMW's working with Mar, 
you know, and Lamborghini just did something with Skylar Gray, Skylar, yeah, yep. Skylar Gray. So there's a little bit of that stuff going on, but I think, I think since everything's tightening up, everyone's going a little more towards what they can trust and what's a little more traditional versus branching out. I think the idea on the, on the brand side, yeah, I yeah. think the idea of doing things are still there, but the actual execution is kind of a little bit in limbo because. You know, they're tightening up budgets and there's there's less events happening because what we do when right. we do stuff for brands, there's a lot of event sure. aspects Live to it. Like with Scion, or, it was like the tours and it yeah. wasn't, you can't paint the car and just put it on the internet. You know, is it worth paying David Cho to make a $200,000 car to just have on the internet? You want to drive it down the beach, right? Mm-hmm. So on the brand side, it slowed down a little bit. How, but on the property side, you know, when it comes to commercial, whether it be condo developments or it's a hotel or it's a restaurant there's a lot of that going on you know there's a lot and there's two sides to it there's the high-end side where they're paying kelly or risky or someone really good a lot of money to do it and or there's the lower end side where there's somebody that can just get the job done Mm -hmm. you know like a noodles Mm -hmm. at the house you know it's like it looks great to me you know didn't have to pay risky a bunch of money to come paint the patio but you got the same effect so I'm Especially noticing because when we move, we can't take these brick walls with us. Well, we could, <laughs> but, but I don't know if noodles is worth it. Um, but I mean, just even when I pulled up here, the butterflies outside. I mean, yeah. that's, that's risky. Did the place uh, like two blocks over? Really? Yeah. See what I mean? So I think art in general has become more, a, a, you know, a stronger piece of our everyday life, and I think people are starting to recognize and respect the 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 feeling it gives people and 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 kind of what what it's worth so i'm seeing a lot more of that going on like i got a couple projects in santa monica big development guy wants me to come in and look at some things Mm. so i'm excited about that but on the brand side i think it's slowed down i think brands need to get at us though you know if you're a brand and you're listening it's interesting is like what you were saying at the beginning like because there's less clutter there's less happening out there Right. If a if a brand, you know, if a car company showed up at the at the diamond thing, uh, they make a big splash. Right. They they would have a they would capture more of people's attention than they would have, you know, two years ago because there's 50 things. Yeah, because Fairfax is banging. Yeah. Right. And, you know, that's I I mean, the brands that I talk to. You know, there's a lot of still just let's sit on our hands, let's hold our budgets, let's just wait. Yeah, wait it um, out. Wait it out, which I, I've said from day one, that's a mistake, right? Because when you're waiting, somebody else is not waiting. Yeah. Um, although I, I haven't really seen the brands too much who aren't waiting. Um, but, you know, I think... Uh, you know, the, this is when there's opportunity for. Program. You heard of Life Water? Yeah. So Life Water Pepsi. just did a big thing with Trav, mm-hmm. where he designed bottles, and then Kelly Risky's obviously doing the stuff with Monster, where you know nationally you can go into a convenience store or a gas station and buy a Risky, you know, can. Oh, cool. But what's nice. what's crazy is I went to one of my boys' houses here, and he had the can. I'm like, Yo, you got a Risky can? He's like, What? I'm like, yeah, that's risky. It had butterflies. Right. He didn't even know what it they was because it's not being touted at sure. the store. It's just a can. Yeah, on I mean, the shelf. I, I think it's like you know. I remember people when, when, when I first started Rebel. I remember people used to tell me like, oh, you know, uh, you know, uh, every every brand is like 
you know, every brand is, is using Moby in their commercials and, you know, electronic music is like going to be that, you know, the thing. And I was like, you know, nobody knows that it's Moby. Yeah. Right. Like, no, I mean, Moby's maybe a bad example. Yeah, we know, had, but not everybody knows. Right. But like the word they're not. My point is like brands are not coming to this culture because of the stars. They're coming to it because they like the sound. It fits their yeah where they're going the vibe of their yeah. of, of their thing right but they're not like investing in the culture in the way that that suggests and i think it's the same thing is like we need some something that looks spray painted on the can to put on a 200 million cans yeah 199 million plus of those people that buy them are not going to know not who gonna it know. is. Yeah, not Monster care. is Monster is investing a lot into Kelly into what Kelly's doing. They should because I, they have a great relationship, but that doesn't translate to the end buyer though. Well, you in know, Kentucky, it, if you're buying that in a gas station, you have no clue who it is. But my point has always been that it that they're missing the they're 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 only getting the tip of the iceberg, right? That if the can if the spray art gets you to pick up the can that's great that's done its job but then there's there's an opportunity to bring people into this rich story yeah right that to make them care a lot more because the thing is you know sure they picked up the graffiti looking can today tomorrow it's going to be football season yeah. and they're going to want a football well speaking of football kelly painted at super bowl so did tristan dope but once again i don't think it was as widely not known as it could have been well, like I think a, a good example is the is the NBA jerseys, right? And yeah. so you know we had uh, cartoon. cartoon, we had Hayes. Uh, was that it? No, there was a couple others. No, I can't remember. They just um, Mitchell and Ness just did a new series with musicians. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, the E40 in the Warriors jersey, and uh, you know, a bunch of I forget all the names, but um, you know, like that's it's cool like it's great that that's happening i think you know if you look at the Hayes one or the cartoon one it's like it's easy to just see like that looks you know more relevant yeah right and but the opportunity is for them to convert some of those fans into people that are really following the story and learn about cartoon and what he's yeah and the done culture. It, not just him but like yeah the, the culture. culture yeah right because that's what makes those visuals relevant. Well, speaking of that, when we do the thing at uh, Diamond Supply, we got a bunch of lowriders coming and motorcycles. Like, we're going to give Fairfax a slice of what, like, this is Los Angeles looks like, you know? So if kids don't know, they will after the 13th. And Nick's pretty excited about that. He's like, I want to bring L.A. to Fairfax. I'm like, all right. Nice. So February 13th. February 13th. 12 to 4 on Fairfax at Diamond Supply Co. Okay. And for people that's not in LA, they can get it online? Go online at Diamond Supply Co. website and there'll be some stuff available or you can get the prints at sugarpressart.com but they'll probably go quick so don't hesitate. They drop, I mean seriously we're only doing 25 of them. Right. Well we have three different ones. We have big, we have a 30 by 40 24 by 36 and an 18 by 24 but it's 25, 10 and 5. Nice. So they'll probably go fast. Um, eBay, you can get those on eBay if you're not here. Yeah, how much is that? Is how much are you thinking about the resale market? 
I think for Esteban, it'll be big because he doesn't do a lot of this. Mm-hmm. I think for Tristan, he doesn't do a lot, so it'll be big for him. I think for some of the rest of them, probably not so much. But, I mean, I definitely we, – we, we brought the numbers down so that they would be hot after the fact, you know, mm-hmm. because that's where you build up. For people like me and you, that's where the that's – the, that's, that's the payoff, you sure. know. The money's little in the beginning, but if you can actually do something and then it's, like, highly traded or highly sought after on eBay – and people are like, oh, look what you did, you know. Yeah. It's easy to sell 25 prints, but it's hard to get five times the value a month later or right. two months later. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. I'm hopeful. But I think for Esteban, we'll be able to command that. We're only doing five 20 by 40s, 30 by 40s, you know. On the L.A. Fingers, they were they dropped at 1,000, and the last one he sold, I think, was like six grand. Nice. So that's six times the value in a year and a half. Yeah. And you did a hundred of those. So imagine I'm only doing five. Wow. You know, I thought about putting it on eBay and buying it myself for like 20 grand, like two days later. You know, building the hype. I'm only kidding. You probably don't have to. Yeah. I think that'll happen. All right. Eddie, thanks for doing this, man. It's always fun having you on. I think you're our our most uh, repeated guest and always welcome, of course. I would never say no, and I can't wait to come back. Dope. But you know what, Josh? You suck. (laughs) Yo, I hope you enjoyed that. That was Eddie Donaldson on Rebel Radio. Uh, Let's now go to an interview from a few years back. We had Esteban Oreo, the legendary photographer who has chronicled street culture, celebrity culture. Um, He's a a huge part of the, the L.A art and photography scene for the last few decades we had him on i forget exactly when it was a couple years ago and uh talked about all kind of great stories from his amazing career uh i really love this one so i'm going to share it with you now sometimes with these famous people you only get five minutes Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's all you need like I did a shoot with um, uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino for the Righteous Kill mm-hmm. uh, movie packaging. And the first day, first of all, they didn't want us to do the job because they were like, when they came to us, they came to us for a cartoon to do a, a skateboard collabo with Rob Deerdick because yeah. he was in the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I told Cartoon and, and like our manager that we were working with at that time, I was like, hey, you know, we should try and do the um, the movie poster. And they're like, nah, they'd never give it to us, you know, like they just called us to do the skateboard. I was like, man, we need to do that movie poster, like we need to at least try, you know? And our manager guy was like, nah, you know, like you're tripping, you know, like we need to just do the skateboard and get the check and keep it moving. Yeah. So I told Toon, I was like, Toon, we've fucking been watching Al Pacino and Robert De Niro movies for our whole life, seen some of them like a hundred times each. Like, just tell them at the meeting, you know, just see what they say. And they go, oh, well, that sounds great, but we already shot the movie poster and, you know, um, but if you guys want to do like a comp uh, movie poster, you know, maybe we'll give you the photos and you could draw it and, you know, do the movie poster like that. Because at that time, Shepard Ferry had just done one for the Johnny Cash movie. 
and he had done like an alternative marketing thing which was the you know art movie poster so they said if you want to try and do something like that that's cool so they we got the pictures and they were horrible like the all the photos of them were just garbage so cartoon was like can i tell you something and the, the movie company's like yeah what's that and they're like these pictures are horrible like please let me just get my homie in there to do some pictures and and we'll kill it, you know, because he knows what I need. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's funny you say that. You know, a couple other people that saw the photos, they said the same thing. But, you know, there's no way to get them together. So there's like a Monday and a, like a Monday and a Wednesday that we're doing this reshoot. You could try it then. So it was Monday. I went there. I was sitting there for eight hours. And they had me bring it. They had me come in. They're like, hey, where's that photographer guy? He needs to shoot a picture for the movie poster. And the guys bring me over and they go, okay, here's uh, Robert De Niro. And I was like, hey, how you doing, sir? You know, like fucking one of my big time like idols. I was like nervous as fuck. And I, I, hey, how you doing, sir? You know, let me get this shot. He goes, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. And then the actress was there and he goes, here, come here, get in this shot with me, you know. But in my head, I was like, fuck, you know, that's not the movie poster, right. you know? I had to shoot <laughs> Robert De Niro and Al Pacino yeah, and then, yeah. like, Photoshop them together. He's fucking up the program. So he grabs the girl and brings her in there, and I shoot, like, three or four frames. I'm like, okay, great, thank you. You know, now back to the shot. And so the director comes up and goes, hey, so did you get the shot? That was great, right? You shot, you know, Robert De Niro for this? And I was like... Yeah, but it's not what I need. He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, you know what movie posters look like, right? Yeah. I go, it's Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. And I go, and he brings a girl. And they're like, what am I going to, what yeah. do I do? He goes, well, can't you Photoshop her out? I go, you know, like, come on, man. Like, I'm not a fucking magician, you know? <laughs> and the light was horrible. Like, the lighting was yeah. set for them sitting down on the couch. Right, so right. they had the lighting, like, at a low angle. Yeah. And if you stand up and you shoot a light like this up into somebody's face, it's the worst lighting ever. It's like the most horrible lighting is shooting up into their face. Like their face just looks disgusting. <laughs> so those photos are like garbage, you know? And I was like, fuck, man, what am I gonna do? So I was there for eight hours and I was just waiting because I had these two walls. There was a black wall and a gray wall where they met, kind of like right here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if I get them outside this door, there was like overcast day, it was perfect light, no shadows. I, I'm gonna shoot them on the black wall, I'm gonna shoot them on the light gray wall, and it's, it's a wrap, I'm, I got it. The fucking sun goes down. And I was like, man, I can't even do this shoot. I was telling my guy, you know, that I, that I work with, Marco, I was like, man, they fucked it up. You know, they could have just gave me five minutes and just let me shoot this guy. Like, it would have been like so quick. Yeah. He goes, well, you know, what can you do? let's get out of here it's you know it's too it's done so i was like fuck man i go i get in the car and there's an e email to like 60 people in the movie company and all everybody i don't know who the fuck was on there and it said esteban oriel did not get the shot today so we're just gonna go with cartoon drawing the the from the photos that we got and that was like the most like like my name was shining so big and so bright right there. I was just like, and it just said like, Esteban Oriol fucked up. You know, like that's how I saw it in my head. And it was just like fucking like went out on like the bat, yeah, the yeah. Batman light across the sky. 
you know, with all those names of like big time people and heads of these fucking people. I was like, I called my wife and I go, hey man, this motherfuckers had me sitting there like Willy Lump Lump, you know, for eight hours. Like, don't they know who I think I am, you know? They fucking shit on me over there. And she goes, well, what are you gonna do? I go, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm fucked, it's over. And she goes, wait a minute, like, isn't this the guy that, you know, when you shot Dennis Hopper, you said if I shot Robert De Niro or Al Pacino, I could quit after that? I go, yeah, that's that's right. I said that. And she goes, so you were standing next to your, like, dream photo shoot for eight hours and you didn't do shit. You didn't get the shot. And, and I go, no. And she goes, man, you need to call them motherfuckers up and tell them you'll be there tomorrow and you're going to get that shot. I go, I can't do that, you know, like, you can't just fucking call up the movie company and Robert De Niro and say, hey, I didn't get the shot, you know, come tomorrow. Yeah. And she goes, man, I, she goes, I thought I was with, you know, you're sounding real pussy. You're sounding real pussy right now, you know, I was like. <laughs> I love your wife. Man. Yeah, she, I wanted to just punch her through the phone, you know. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man, she, you know, they, the wives always have a way to, like, just, Stick the knife in real slow and just like take it up, you know. And I was like, fuck, man. I go, fuck it, you know. I got mad and I hung up and then I called my boy Marco and I go, hey, Marco, tell them that we're going to come tomorrow and take the shot. He goes, no, no, you you didn't get it. It's like, we're not, it's over. Yeah. Didn't you see the email? I go, yeah, I saw the fucking email. Call them up and say, hey, Esteban didn't get the shot, but we're going to come tomorrow and he's going to get it. And he goes, and I go, and don't ask them. Yeah. If you say, hey, can Esteban come and get the shot? They're going to be like, nope. Yeah. Tell them, hey, Esteban wasn't able to get it, but tomorrow we're going to get it. And they go, he calls them up and he goes, yeah, Esteban didn't get the shot, but tomorrow he's going to come in and, you know, sh do it again. And they go, oh, that's great. Well, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro will both be there on that day. And I was like, well, fuck, well, why did I have to do the Monday this guy and the Wednesday this guy if they're both going to be there on Tuesday, you know? Incredible. So I go there on Tuesday, I'm there six hours, and I'm like, you know, sitting out there, it's cold in Culver City, and fucking um, the lady goes, hey, where's the photographer guy? And I go, I'm right here, right here. They go, okay, get ready. They're going to come through this door in about a couple minutes. I go, okay, I'm ready. And right when I said, I'm ready, the door busts open. And there's those two guys in the front and like 30 people behind them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, managers, hairstylists, attorneys, lawyers, art, accountants, everything. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, they're both here. So I went up to him again and I told, you know, Robert, you know, hey, I know you're, you know, one of your old daughters, your stepdaughters, uh, you know, Dre and uh, Mare and... Um, He's like, oh, okay, cool. Like That was like the icebreaker with him. And then I told um, Al Pacino, hey, I was going to shoot you before at Harry Dean Stanton's birthday party, you know, but, you know, they said you had left by the time, you know, they had got it arranged. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you were there that night? And that was the icebreaker with him. Then I shot, like, one roll of it. that film. It had 10 frames on it. And then another roll of like five, and they go, okay, thank you. And they start clapping, and they took them away. And I was like, but I, you know, like I still have half a roll, you know. And um, I, I drove that film to the to the lab, and I go, I, I got to watch you guys develop this. Like, I got to make sure that 
that I got the shot because I put so much on it like this. You know, I was ready to kamikaze, yeah. you know, my lowrider off a fucking cliff if I didn't. I get in there and they, like, I just see the shit coming up and I was like, I got it. You know, I called the, my boys and I was like, hey man, I got the shot. They're like, you did? What do you, you know, like, what? I go, I got a shot. And we, we did the mock up poster and they used that for the whole campaign. Amazing. And they used it for all the buses, the bus benches, the, the billboards, and the DVD. And they cut the check. And <laughs> they cut the check. Man, I, your wife is my hero. Yeah, she's dope. If you like that, go back to the Esteban Oreo interview, listen to the whole thing. And uh, what else? Tell us what you thought. Hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Hit us on Facebook. Uh, check out our YouTube channel, Rebel Radio Net, for in videos of a lot of our interviews. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.